Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. Her favorite dancing pastime is at the Scottish Cayley, Dr. Grace Lee. I did my master's degree in Edinburgh, Scotland, and when I went there, I mean, it was the first time that I had been to the UK or even Europe, for that matter. It was the very first time, and I was really excited because this was like I viewed this as this one big adventure. And you know, uh, uh, during that time, it was still Harry Potter was like relatively new, and it was still really brand new. And I knew that uh, Harry Potter, like the UK and Edinburgh, that was the the starting point of it all. That's where you know she she wrote the books in this coffee shop in there. So I was excited about that too. Not that I was a big fan of Harry Potter, but it was just being in that that culture, being in an environment where I was going to be, you know, a visible minority again as an Asian person, and that it was going to be a different, a completely different way of life and a way of doing things. And at, I didn't know anything about. Britain. I didn't know anything about their culture, but I had an idea of, you know, sort of like what their humor looked like. And I had an idea of, you know, by looking at some pictures and photos of the city. So I was super excited to go there. So here I am, this expat, a Canadian expat in Edinburgh. And I show up and my first impression of Edinburgh was that it was like this historic city. It was like a, a, a movie set. So I got in this, this taxi taking me to the dormitories. That's where I was staying in, 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 in university. And I'm sitting in the back of the taxi and it was already nighttime when my flight arrived. And as it was going through to the dormitory, I passed by this huge mountain, what seemed like a mountain. Of course, it was dark, so I couldn't really see. But it was this mountain in the middle of the city. And it was quite close to where the taxi driver ended up dropping me off. And later on, I found out what that was. And it was actually the Edinburgh Castle. And so the driver had taken me on a route that was right beside the castle. So it was like this, it looked like this looming mountain. And from my window, from my dorm window, actually, I could see the castle and it was just an amazing view and so there it was I was I had a couple I had a week or so I had yeah I think about a week before my master's degree officially started and before there was like an orientation and 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 everything was open in the university so I wanted to take a chance to go and explore I started meeting friends and along the way they told me about this this event I, I don't remember whether they called it an event, but they said it was something fun and it was called a Scottish Cayley. And I'm like, Cayley, what's that? But, you know, I just I just wanted to experience life. I wanted to experience things. So I just went along and that's when I found out that a Cayley was a dance. I had no idea at first. It was a dance. And it was like, the best way to describe it, if you haven't done it before, is like, is it's kind of like a cross between line dancing and group dancing. You know, it's just really interesting and and it's highly choreographed it is highly interactive and it's very social it's very very social and so i i showed up and there was this uh, there was a place called the caledonian and it's kind of, and at that time it was kind of like um 
a barn, a huge barn, but not with like hay on the ground or anything. It was like cement ground. And then there was an open bar on the one end of it, benches on the wooden benches on the side. And in the middle was this huge area where you would dance, right? And then there was somebody on the microphones. And of course, they had the Scottish band you know, where they played their ukuleles and their accordions. And they played that type of folk style of music. And, um, and then there would be someone on the microphone who would lead the dance and tell you where you go. And so I tried it for the first time and I was hooked. I was really hooked. So hooked that I went back to the Edinburgh Castle just to visit it. And I bought myself a tartan, you know, a, a Scottish tartan, a genuine Scottish tartan made locally from the Edinburgh Castle. And every time I went Kaylee, I made sure to wear my tartan. <laughs> so that's my story of the Scottish Kaylee. But um, rest assured, that's not what I want to talk to you about today. I just thought I would share that interesting story. What I want to talk about today has to do with a little bit more of a of a somber topic. I want to talk to the people who have experienced ageism and how it's a stumbling block for a career change. How is that? How do you like that for a transition from Scotland and, and, and Kaylee dancing to ageism, right? Right. So again, welcome to the welcome to the next episode of Career Visions podcast. Today I want to talk about ageism. I mean and what that is, I'm going to also talk about why ageism happens and then give you some tips and tools on how to eradicate ageism and how to navigate ageism in the workplace. So maybe you have been working in the same industry for, you know, 20 years or, or you know, or, or over 10 years and it's time for something new. You know, maybe you've had like several career transitions in your earlier years, but none since then. Or maybe you are witnessing a lot of companies hiring younger candidates and maybe you feel that some of your key skills are kind of rusty. You know, but for whatever reason, as your heart is telling you it's time to make a career change, you know, your your brain just jumps in to remind you of your age. Right? If you if that is if that's something that you are going through, then this podcast episode is for you. I mean, it's it's easy to accept a defeatist view about getting older especially if you've experienced being treated as less capable the older your appearance suggests you are. You notice I said the older your appearance suggests you are because people judge a book by its cover. People will make assumptions of your age. And unfortunately, the assumptions they make are largely based on how you look rather than how articulate you are or how much experience you have or how well you are able to carry a conversation, a deep one in on a particular subject, right? But let's get openly honest here. Ageism is not age-specific, as the name suggests, right? Because it's actually experienced across the whole age spectrum, both with older and younger candidates feeling like they're misunderstood. So ageism is more commonly talked about with reference to the way older candidates are treated, but it's important to note that younger candidates also feel discriminated about a lack of sufficient knowledge or work experience, right? So that is, that is a, a breakthrough in how we see ageism because when you say that word and when you talk about it, more often it's about feeling like you're too old for a position, feeling that you're discrimination, discriminated because you're older than most candidates, right? But I, I know this for certain because, you know, when I first, when I had a, when I first had, 
started to look into jobs. You know, I was um, I was going through college, and sometimes I decided to take only the first semester of summer school. So I had this like half a semester left over in summer in, in during the summer break, and often I would choose to get a job. But you know, sometimes you know, as I'm applying to each of these jobs, I start to feel like, well, I don't know what. I'm already even before I start applying. I'm already I'm already having like a self defeating mindset. I'm already thinking, well, you know, I'm 18 or I'm 21, however however old I am at the time, and I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't know what kind of jobs I can apply for because I'm I'm inexperienced, or they might feel like I'm too young, you know, or they might take a look at me and they might already assume that I don't know anything because I'm too young, you know. And but what I really wanted to do, like I didn't want to. I didn't want to do waitressing or work at a, as a barista. I wanted to do summer jobs that had some sort of thought process. You know, I wanted to do some data analysis or maybe manage an office, but I was afraid to apply. You know, because I felt that I might be discriminated for not being knowledgeable, for being too young or too green in the industry. Right. So the fact is, age is not a barrier to work performance. Right. There are decades of research into cognitive neuroscience that shows that the human brain is capable of learning new things and it also maintains its performance capabilities as it ages. Right. So even as we're getting older, it's true that structurally, if you were to take a microscope and look at an older brain versus a younger brain, there are physical obvious physical changes that happen but even through these physical changes our brain is able to adopt and it's able to adopt through a process called neuroplasticity so there's evidence there's no uh, sorry there's no evidence there's no evidence showing that older people are any less effective or energetic than their younger coworkers i mean it's just that many older individuals could be better at positioning themselves to be hired Right? They could be better at positioning themselves to be promoted and also being treated equally in the workplace. Right, So it actually starts from within. So why does ageism happen, right? There was this study that I read on how to eradicate ageism. It was a brilliant study published in 2001 in the Journal of Gerontology. And what that study showed was that ageism can operate without the acting individual's awareness and it also happens in the form of self-stereotypes, right? This is not the same as a stereotype. It's a self-stereotype. So let me give you an example to illustrate. If an employer isn't aware that they have a negative stereotype about aging after they interview an older candidate, right? If, if they're not aware of it, that they have this negative stereotype, then they're likely to attribute their choice not to hire him or her to some other reason that better fits their preferred self-image as somebody who's a reasonably fair individual. Right? So let me let me let me unpack that a little bit, right? Okay. So say you are at a job interview and the employer is sitting across the table from you and he or she is interviewing you and you are an older candidate, right? So let's give that employer the benefit of the doubt that they didn't realize that they have a negative stereotype about older candidates, right? So they were not aware of that. And then they chose not to hire you, right? So let's say that was the case. They chose not to hire you after the interview. If later on that employer was asked why they chose not to hire you, 
their response is more likely to be another reason, some other reason. They wouldn't say they wouldn't say that they didn't hire you because of your age or because of you know or some experiential related aspect of of age. They wouldn't say that. But the reason why they would give an, an another reason is because they have their own self image as somebody who is reasonable and somebody who is equitable and fair, right? So. Rather than acknowledge that they hired a younger person in preference to an older person, they would provide some rationalization, such as, well, the older applicant's personality or their training doesn't quite fit or their culture doesn't quite fit. Just any other reason, any other rationalization. Right, so the most interesting thing about holding stereotypes about aging is that they are a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right, That same study in 2001, they show, it showed that Older individuals who are exposed to negative age stereotypes tend to demonstrate worse memory performance, self-efficacy, and worse will to live. Right. So put it in simple terms, the way that people treat you as you get older, it doesn't merely reflect the aging of your face and body. It also influences the way you actually age. Right. So that's the self-fulfilling prophecy part of it. And when these aging responses are observed by younger individuals, Right, so, so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you are exposed to negative age stereotypes, so say you grew up or you, as you aged, you kept hearing about negative stereotypes about older people and you just kept hearing about it and you were conditioned to, just subconsciously, you were exposed to all these negative stereotypes. That in and of itself, that exposure becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so therefore, as you age, it influences the way you actually age. And so then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy when you start to apply for jobs, when you start to change, if you want to change your career and younger individuals, whether or not the hiring manager, the employer or your colleagues are younger, the response they see when they observe is that is is that there is a risk that the observation will confirm negative age stereotypes and lead to this perpetual cycle of ageist acts right so there's just this perpetual cycle happening happening so therefore the lesson here is to have your environment so that you're not exposed to negative age stereotypes right because it tends to demonstrate worse memory performance it tends to demonstrate decreased self-efficacy and will to live so that was that study, and I found that it was really, really groundbreaking, the findings in that study in, in gerontology. So the question then becomes, can ageism be overcome? Can you eradicate, can our society, can the world eradicate ageism? The research on ageism without self-awareness and aging self-stereotypes, right? Without In the absence of awareness and aging self-stereotypes, right? The research suggests that a need to be concerned about the multiple ways in which negative ageism infiltrates into our own thinking and behaviors, right? So we need to be concerned about it. How does ageism infiltrate your own thinking and how does it affect your behaviors? So that research is showing that you need to be aware of these things. And that said, the way to overcome ageism is to look for evidence in the contrary, So in other words, evidence that disproves the beliefs that form the foundation of ageism. So you want to prove it wrong. And evidence that proves how ageism is damaging the workplace on both ends of the age spectrum. That's what we need to look for 
is that proof. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a few evidence, right? I'm going to bombard you with evidence to the contrary. Okay, so here's one. While millennials often have greater tech skills and maybe they're, they're easily adaptable to changing technologies, baby boomers and generation Ys, they're technical savvy, right? They are technical savvy. So that is evidence against the contrary. Here's another one. More seasoned generations, they bring valuable life and business wisdom, right? And more importantly, they also bring the resiliency to weather the unprecedented pace of change, right? So that is something that's very valuable in the workplace, right? So there you go. Another piece of evidence against the contrary. Here's another one. We not only have to fill gaps with candidates that can fulfill the present job function, right? So you're not just, you're not just here to fill the present job function, right? But there's this future that's uncertain. It's always an uncertain future. The pace of change is accelerating. So therefore, we need to find candidates who can roll with the punches. That is important. And sometimes, in, depending on the industry that you're in, that ability to roll with the punches is more important than the hard skills themselves. So this is less about age and it's more about personality. Grit, it's more about personality, right? So there's another evidence against the contrary. Here's another one. We all have a desire to learn, to grow, to explore, and to develop personally and professionally. And that desire is regardless of age, right? So there you go. Even It, it, it evens the playing ground. And here's another evidence as well. Respect, leverage, and learn from each other's talent. That's super important. If you adapt the more constructive worldview that this is the age of experience, right? And both ends of the spectrum have much to offer. Then the world would be a much better place, right? Instead of saying that this is age, is all about how old you are, and that is something that you can't even control the year you were born. You can't control that. Rather, reframe. This is actually the age of experience. Both ends of the spectrum, spectrum, young, old, and everything in between have much to offer, then that is a powerful reframe that offers evidence against the contrary. Right. So the key to successful aging is to resist ageism and to resist ageist messages that we're exposed to almost constantly. Right. If you know that ageism and self-stereotypes are a perpetual cycle you know, that I mentioned earlier, just learn to feel optimistic about aging. I mean, the better you feel about getting older, the healthier you will actually become. And, you know, you've heard this saying before that age is just a number. I mean, you might have heard it before and intellectually you kind of know that, but you haven't moved it from your head to your heart. So embrace that and look at, look at all the benefits that you've received from aging. Look at all the physical benefits. Yes, physical benefits, right? And all the intellectual benefits, the experiential benefits, of aging. And if you focus on that, everything else falls into a better perspective. Right? So challenge your own assumptions about age. Don't fall into the trap of saying something like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm having a senior moment here," right? Cuz you're making you are perpetuating that self-stereotype. So don't fall into those traps. You know, for example, if you attribute a slight memory lapse to something ominous going on in your brain, it's going to lead you and others to see you as less than mentally capable, right? So that, that is 
bad in two counts. One is that it perpetuates the self negative self stereotypes of aging, and secondly, it 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 alters it influences other people's perception of you as not as mentally capable as you need to be. Right. So given that. Given the study, given the 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 need for higher awareness, given the need to also check our own thinking and our own behaviors, I'm going to give you five things that you can do immediately to overcome ageism. Number one, think about and maybe also get ready for the changes that might affect your life as you age. Right, so what are these changes? Think about them. You could ask people who are older than you as well in advance what they've gone through, and just kind of think for yourself whether or not you might be would you might be experiencing those along the way. So what are these things? The changes that might affect your life? Because when you're doing this exercise, what you're doing is you're confronting reality, and when you confront reality. You are getting a sense of what's real, not what's made up, not what's assumed, and not what you're 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 trying to focus on the worst thing, and you don't even know if that's true or not, right? What you're doing is you're being objective, you're confronting reality, so therefore you'll be able to tap more effectively into proactive adapting, right? So take the objective route, be honest with yourself, be brutally honest, right? But knowing that you could be wrong. Maybe you're getting ready for changes that you think this is going to be a huge, significant impact on your life, and you could be wrong. But the the exercise is not to is not to be、uh, self depreciating. It's not to perpetuate negative stereotypes. It's just to be proactive at adapting to the inevitable inevitable changes of aging. Here's a, a second thing you can do. Number two, make sure that you're up to speed on new technologies in your industry. This is going to be super important for your career, regardless of how old you are. I mean, what you're—I mean, it serves two things. Well, first of all, you're up to speed on it, so you can actually have conversations with different generations on the technologies, and also you're going to stimulate your brain and also defy the age stereotypes that older individuals can't learn new tricks. Right? You'll defy that stereotype, and that's just an amazing feat. Here's a pro tip. Share your social media profiles publicly so an employer can see that you're comfortable with the technology, right? So if there are other platforms or other apps or programs that are used in your field, be proficient in those as well, right? And it shows that you are serious about your career and that you yourself don't see any limitations just because you're an older candidate. And that's a powerful frame to be in. Number three. Don't let your age become an issue, but if someone else makes it into an issue, then be prepared to speak up, right? But you make sure that you don't make your own age an issue. You know, try not to bring it up in the conversation, and certainly don't be self-conscious or self-depreciating about your age. However, if you're in a selection or promotion process and you're getting cues that age might be an issue, just be prepared to deal with it. Right, so go through, run through some possible scenarios, and maybe even do do some role plays with some trusted friends in coming up with ways that you can deal with it if someone were to say something that was unacceptable. But make sure the people you're talking to understand that you do not believe that age is an issue. Right, and a good way to do it is to divert the conversation back to your experience and how it's an asset and not a liability. So diversion is better than being confrontational. So number four, number four is 
Be strategic while you are seeking a new career direction, a new job function, or a promotion. You want to be strategic. So focus on job experiences that expose your flexibility, that also talk on how adaptable you are and how you've had success working with and guiding teams. So when you highlight examples where you've been an agile learner or where you have adopted to change or how you contributed to business results or how you use technology to create a specific outcome, right? Tell these stories, tell them as your career stories and tell them in with respect to more recent events and achievements to demonstrate your wisdom and the wealth of your experience. So here you are, you are making sh- knocking down you're making sure that you're knocking down any potential for someone to bring up age as an issue when you do this when you highlight it right you are highlighting all these examples you are you are significantly decreasing the chances of someone bringing up age as an issue last one number 5 build connections across the multitude of generations that exist in your industry so you want to build connections with them, build relationships with them. When you create multi-generation networks, that will build a community with unique experiences, right? You'll also build a community with knowledge and perspectives that are healthier, right? And then that also has a positive snowball effect, a positive self-fulfilling prophecy of focusing on experience and knowledge and perspectives and sharing wisdom in that community, So I would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this content, make sure to give me your honest review on iTunes. If you're not an Apple user, not a problem. Just visit careerrevisionist.com and choose your favorite platform. I am all on on Google Podcasts, Spotify, a lot of different platforms that are on on Android. And also leave me your comments as well. Leave your, your honest review and your comments and let me know how you have experienced ageism in your career journey. So thank you once again for listening to Career Revisions Podcast, and I look forward to hanging out with you in my next episode.